0: You know, I love watching movies, but I really have to be in the mood to watch a movie, and it's more than just being in the mood. I I only like to watch movies with a certain type of people, and I don't know if that makes me a snob. I hope it doesn't. I have not judged any of you, but there's someone in particular who I'm thinking of. She's not here, and so I'm I'm just going to rake her over the coals. I do not... I'm sorry, Mom. I'm really sorry. I just, I don't like watching movies with you. Can I, can I explain why I don't like to watch movies with my mom? Because my mom is always going way deeper and oftentimes in a different direction than the movie and the plot and what anybody has intended. I can't tell you how many times we're in a movie or maybe even a commercial. It happens in a commercial, too. But there will be two different actors or actresses in there, and there will be the father, and there will be the daughter. She, will, she won't She will even pause. She just, in the middle of it, she goes, I wonder if they're really related. I, what are you talking, what does this have anything to do? I wonder if, like, like, do they really know each other? And I'm like, we're watching it come Like, at least pause it. At least pause so you can get this thought out, but she won't. She wants to try to figure out everything that's going on behind the scenes that probably has... Nothing to do with any part of the movie. And so by the time we get done, either I have to re-watch it again, or if she did have the clicker and she paused it, it is an eight-hour marathon where every five minutes I'm Googling, you know, is this guy related to this? It's crazy. But here's the truth, that when you get into some movies, especially the best movies, you always can't figure out what's going on until the end those are the really the best ones when you thought you knew what was going on and then at the end like they tricked you and you're like i had no idea right well this is going to happen in luke chapter 22. we're going to get a little confused as to who's who and who's on whose side and who's the good guy and who's the bad guy And so what I want to do for the next few minutes is I just want us to read through this. And so if you have your Bibles or your devices, turn to Luke chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 39. There's actually a good bit of material that I'm going to be reading. We'll stop every now and then. But what I want you to be thinking about as we read this is I want you to be thinking about the different characters. And I want you to kind of try to figure out, okay, who's who's the good guy's? And who are the bad guys? And then who are the ones that like, it's kind of ambiguous, we think they should be good guys, but maybe they're playing bad guys and, and vice versa. So let's start off in Luke chapter 22, verse 39. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. I just have to pause there just for a second and say, is that not a sermon right there? That as usual... That's what Jesus did. And we're going to talk about, as we, as we talk a little bit more about the good guys and the bad guys in battle and defense and offense, that this is Jesus' main weapon that he used, is that he would go out and spend time with his father. So just, uh, Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. I want you to think about that. This is what he's going to use as a main line of defense and what they're going to need, but maybe that they're not actually going to commit to. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. So let's pause for just a second. There's been this cup that was used a little bit earlier. What's he really talking about here? What is this, this cup that he's referring to? It's connected with the Passover, but if you go back to Old Testament, there's going to be a cup that's talked about, okay? And it's used oftentimes and never in a positive connotation. The cup that's being referred to is the cup that that typically the psalmist would want his enemies to drink. This is the cup of poison, this is the cup of of pain, this is the cup of death. This is what the psalmist says, let my enemies drink this cup. They deserve this. And this is the cup that Jesus is now saying, the cup of poison, poison, the cup that, that his enemies deserve, but yet they want him to drink it instead that Jesus, Son of God, is being handed a cup of poison from His enemies, and they say, we want you to drink this. And Jesus takes this figurative cup, and He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from Me, the one that has been handed by My enemies via one of My friends. One of the ones that has, has followed me around. That has worshipped with me. That has prayed with me. That's laughed and cried with me. that shared meals with me. He's handed me the cup from my enemies. Asking me to drink it. And, and God, Father, just can you let it keep going? Do I have to? to drink this cup an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him and being in anguish he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground when he rose from prayer, prayer he went back to his disciples he found them asleep exhausted from sorrow now remember Before he heads off a stone's throw and finds himself in complete anguish, he says, I want you to pray so that you won't fall into temptation. And they fell. Well, I don't know if you'd say into temptation, but at least into a deep sleep. Because he goes back to them and he says, why are you sleeping? He asks them, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation." While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? So, I remember, I asked you, I want you to be thinking about different characters. Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? I'll give you an easy one. You should know this one. Jesus is a good guy. Okay, he's on the right side. He's on the good team. Okay, we have Jesus, but then don't forget We also have the apostles where where do they fit in this whole thing? I mean, they're apostles. That means messengers They've been following Jesus. They should be good guys Jesus asked them to pray and they sleep so I don't know what you make of that But just be very careful for those of you who judge sleeping when you shouldn't be Because I watch your eyes on Sunday mornings <laughs> And so I just want you to know, you know, don't don't cast judgment on yourself if you're going to be critical of them. Seriously, though, are these the good guys or are these the bad guys? And Then we have Judas. Judas has to be the bad guy, right? He's he's clearly on the wrong team. He's got to be the bad guy. He's gonna betray Jesus with a kiss. When Jesus' followers saw what was going on, they said, look, they said excuse me, they said, Lord, should we strike our swords? And I don't think they asked that waiting for an answer, because if they did, they didn't get one. Because one of them, who we'll know from another gospel, happens to be Peter, struck the servant of the high priest whose name is Malchus, and he cuts off his right ear. Now we're just going to have a little fun time with this for just a second. This means absolutely nothing. It's not going to be the entrance exam to heaven. But based on this, we know that it's Peter. Is Peter right-handed or left-handed? right handed or left handed You almost have to think he's left-handed. Unless unless Malchus is really fast and turns around, it seems like if he loses his right ear and he's facing Peter, then it's probably going to be left-handed. And so for all the things you don't like about Peter, you can just add that to the list. He's left-handed on top of all of that. Is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Does, Does pulling out his sword make him a good guy or a bad guy? Yes. <laughs> they, thats I can't answer it any better. So what What we don't uh, see um, is, is what takes place in this moment in all the chaos. But here's what we know what happens. Jesus answered, verse 51, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion, that you have come at me with swords and clubs? Every day I was in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me, but this is your hour when darkness reigns you know one theme that we're starting to see is this this battle that's being built up between light and darkness between good and evil between right and wrong and there's a lot of people who are caught up in the mix of all of this but don't don't forget you need to remember jesus is on the good side okay that's clear but i think the big question i want you to ask yourself is where do i really fit in the middle of all of this the betrayals the swinging of swords even something seemingly as harmless as falling asleep where does that leave us well, we're gonna have another slip up here, verse fifty-four. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed what? Somebody read that for me. At a distance. Earlier Luke is gonna give us a little help as as how far Jesus is from his apostles. You know, he 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 goes a stone's throw. And i just think that's interesting that that from this point on peter is going to keep his distance whether jesus is in anguish and praying or jesus is taken in to to be interrogated he now backs away and i love peter i love how peter was so passionate and i hurt that in this moment Peter did something that he swore he wouldn't do. Earlier, he had told Jesus, I'll be arrested with you. I'll be thrown in jail with you. I'll die for you. In those moments, we can say those things, but what happens when the guards show up? What happens when the enemy walks in the door? What happens when we get sleepy or afraid for peter he he kept his distance, and when some of them there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, "This man was with him, but he denied it woman. I don't know him he said a little later someone else saw him said you are also one of them man I am NOT Peter replied about an hour later another asserted certainly this follower was with him for he's a Galilean Peter replied man I don't know what you're talking about just as he was speaking the rooster crowed the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter Then Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. So this is the movie scene that we're looking at that was played out in that courtyard just Hours before Jesus ultimately would be crucified and as you're looking at this as you're making your your call Sheet to figure out who you're going to get to play each part and you have to say okay Who are the good guys and who are the bad guys do we know who's who I gave you the first one? Jesus is definitely the good guy who are the bad guys? The woman by the fire where does she fit in to this whole scene? the Apostles who slept Judas who betrayed Peter who denied later on we're gonna have more people join in on the scenes we're gonna have crowds and soldiers and passerbys where do they fit in but here's something I think that is really interesting to note is that the main character the other main character in this story isn't even mentioned I love the Gospel of Luke I I think it's unfair to say because I love all four Gospels because they're so unique but but one of the reasons why I love Luke is his attention to detail and the way that he points out things that that otherwise we might not have considered and one theme that we find throughout the Gospel of Luke is that he clearly defines who the good guy is and who the bad guy is Only in Luke's gospel do we have who is specifically talked about early, 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 early on in Jesus' ministry. Really, the first part of his ministry, he goes out to Jordan, he's baptized, he goes into the wilderness, he fasts for 40 days, and guess who shows up to visit him? I need your help on this one. Satan does. Capital S Satan. Big S. Don't give him a little S. Give him a big S because he's a big problem. He's going to show up and he's going to tempt Jesus who was hungry. And he tempts him with food. And he's going to tempt him with power. And he's going to tempt him say, hey, you can have everything. You just bow down and worship me. And ultimately, Jesus is going to say no to all those temptations. But I really love what we have in Luke chapter 4, verse 3, excuse me, verse 13. I don't know if you've caught this before, but after the temptations have ended, what happens next? When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him. Until an opportune time Jesus begins his ministry and Satan is right there and Satan fails, but don't think that Satan's done You want to know who the bad guy is Luke makes it very clear the bad guy is Satan and there is a war that's going on between Jesus and and between Satan and Satan is going to continually attack and attack and attack and when it doesn't work he backs out he finds a new way and he goes at him again and Satan is not stupid and he knows he can't get Jesus but he knows that he can get the people who hang around Jesus oh I can get these guys can he get Peter to betray him probably not but i can get him to deny him can i get judas to kill him no but i can get him to turn him over can i get the apostles to deny jesus well i don't know but i can get them to fall asleep and he says just whatever i can remember earlier on in luke chapter 22 as judas is going to go to the chief priest and hand Jesus over. Do you remember who was involved in that whole deal? Satan. Satan entered Judas. That it was Satan was the one who was behind him. That Satan was the one who said, Just do it. It'll be for the best. Jesus hasn't figured this out yet, but let me tell you if you hand him over, we can get things done. We're just going to speed up the process a little bit because we need to figure out is Jesus really who he is? Judas, you got to do something. He's messing it up. You got to get in there. Satan's gonna play a huge part in all of this. He's the bad guy behind the scenes. It's like in those movies where you see all these, these bad guys coming in, but the really at the end you find out that's when you meet the, you know, the the, the, the bad guy, the, the really evil one. I said superhero. I didn't mean I meant super villain. The really bad guy. He's the one who's like turning all the knobs and pushing the buttons and getting people to go. And then finally you have to have this epic showdown. That's what Luke is leading to. Is that it's between Jesus and Satan. And Satan will use people. He will make them betray and deceive and deny and fall asleep. And boy, that last one is easy to do, isn't it? You know, I I, I feel I'm a lot like Peter. Jesus, I will never deny. I will, I will die for you. I don't know how that would work out. Would I betray Jesus? I hope not. Would I deny Him? I don't want to do it again. Would I fall asleep? Oh, man. Satan is so tricky with that. Even as Jesus is sharing the meal, He's going to turn to Simon and He's going to say, Simon, Satan wants to sift you. You all. Satan is behind all of this. Now, we're going to get to the empty tomb and we're going to get to victory and celebration, but before we do, I want you to be reminded that both before the tomb was empty and afterwards, Satan will not give up. He can't win, but he won't stop at getting you to lie, deny, betray, and just flat out fall asleep spiritually. Peter remembers, but not well. And you may remember, but maybe not well. You see, Jesus is talking to Peter there at the Passover. And he's going to say, I want you to know that you are going to deny me three times and the the rooster is going to crow but there's something he says before that that Peter forgets it happens just like Jesus said it would Peter is going to deny Jesus three times. He's going to hear the rooster crow. He's going to see Jesus and he's going to remember the words you will deny me. And he leaves. He's broken. He's weeping bitterly. And you know he just has to think all throughout the next few days as it unfolds as Jesus is ultimately crucified and he's buried. All he can think about is I denied him. I denied him. Because that's what Jesus said. And he remembers Remembers that but he forgot he forgot what Jesus said before he says Simon I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and when you have turned back strengthen your brothers we look so intently at our failures and our shortcomings, the times that we denied or betrayed or fell asleep, and all we can think about is, man, we messed up. And Jesus said, you're going to do this. No, I can't believe I did this. But don't forget, Jesus prays for you. God sings over you. And His Spirit longs to restore you so that you may be strengthened and that you can strengthen those around you. There is a battle between good and evil and right and wrong and God and Satan. But I want you to know God has won. And He continually calls you no matter how many times Satan has grabbed you and drug you down and lied to you. He says, I want you to know that I am praying for you. My Father is singing over you. And my Spirit is filling you so that as you go through this world of heartache and hurt and sadness and loss, you can be reminded that I have overcome. That we have overcome. When Satan lost, when he failed, we won. Not just Jesus. Sin was defeated and death was defeated and we all have victory don't remember the wrong half of the story and the story is that you have a new life through jesus And my prayer for you this morning is that new life starts right now. That you put away the old and you say, God, this is for you. I want to live for you. And I want to have the joy that only you can give. And we have that because of Jesus and because of the empty cross. And what Satan meant for evil, God used for good. Let's remember that and celebrate this morning as we stand and sing.